welcome to Tokyo Curiosity um, episode 9. Uh, I'm your host uh, Michael Shvarozode and today I'm going to introduce a very uh, gracious host. Uh, so I'll let her in- introduce herself. Mm, thank you Miki. I am uh, Martha, photographer from Addis. Is that no. good enough? <laughs> uh, well, I'm I'm going to ask the questions more okay. so maybe I'll, I'll I'll glean more from you. Okay. So tell me awesome. tell me um uh, tell me a little bit about yourself. Um well I born and raised in Addis, still based in okay. Addis. Um I became a photographer in 2015. I started okay. out um I started as a hobby taking pictures like family pictures at home or the flowers in the garden you know slowly um but i've always been interested in uh people's stories so okay. grew into storytelling and um i did my um my second degree on uh, developmental studies so i've always been interested in the development world or okay. the aid world. um so yeah there are no schools um for photography i mean in addis um yeah. as far as i know and the resources are very limited so yeah watch a self-taught youtube tutorial photographer and um yeah i because i was interested and i'm always interested with the development sector i became a humanitarian photographer so i exclusively work for um local and international NGOs back home. Okay. That's one of the things that I was going to ask you because I from the small research that I did before mm-hmm. you know this interview so I, I tried to look as professional as possible. Uh I I saw one your one of your taglines saying humanitarian photography. So it's a two-part question. First is um, you told me that you like photography because you like storytelling and you like the, the whole idea and storytelling comes in different um, packages so there's mm-hmm. writing and i think you do a little bit of writing also mm-hmm. there's yeah. a, a video and why did you specifically choose photography in, in itself and the second part is it, you know hum, humanitarian has uh, different um, connotations to it So mm-hmm. why did you choose in terms of is it only mm-hmm. telling stories or is it uh, are you I mean I don't I I don't want to put parts in your oh, your mouth no, but but I, your yeah. question yeah. yeah 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 um great um so why uh why specifically photography I think it ju- it's just an interest and okay. uh, accessible to right because videography is another layer when you think about getting the equipment um which i'm still interested in growing uh my career with uh, documentary videography as well mm-hmm. but i think it was more of an access and resource um but yeah uh freezing the moment is also fascinating so that there is that uh picking why humanitarian yes there is a huge connotation and aside from telling stories um I take humanitarian photography as challenging the narratives as well on okay. how we tell development uh, stories the whole air quote uh, beneficiary stories and how we yeah. narrate stories of the people that organization and clients support basically 
So okay. it helps me challenge my own bias as well. Um, okay. um, the story, the stories or the media that I'm used to, the mainstream media that tells these stories, how are they being portrayed and how are they, how do they want to be portrayed? They have okay. um, their own voice. So it helps me, yeah, basically it challenges my own bias and also the whole um, narrative around it. Okay. I mean, uh, I've worked in the in the sector for a few years also, so I, I, I kind of understand, you know, the, the challenges that are there, especially mm -hmm. if you're working for some organizations where the, their only interest is getting the story. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. maybe it's a story that's um, packaged into their own um, perspectives mm -hmm. at that time. Yeah. It mm -hmm. might not be the whole the whole thing. So have you ever encountered that kind of challenge when either maybe now you're slightly more um, not mainstream but well known through your work but you know when you started then maybe if you have some interesting um, examples or stories that you can recount yeah, in terms definitely. of this clash yeah. mm -hmm. definitely I, I always say um, it's an everyday lesson and um Starting out, you know, you fall into the mainstream media because that was the access you had for um, your skills or um, as a resource, you know, what you've been seeing, what other photographers and photojournalists have been documenting. Um, mm -hmm. So I do see the progress and uh, the reflection in me as well. Starting out, I have seen how... I didn't pay enough attention or put enough, I don't know enough is enough, but enough empathy toward <laughs> uh, the stories I yeah. come across, you know, yeah. it would be, yeah. okay, take picture, interview, leave, kind of um, very uh, professional type assignment. of yeah. exactly, assignment. Uh, but over the years, I think of, um, I would like to think that I have put a lot of effort in um, getting to know the people as people, you know, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. uh, um, trying to put empathy before the lenses, as I would say. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, still learning, but um, yeah. Um, for example, uh, what's, what's your workflow process like in terms of photography? Uh, for example, uh, I'm... I'm when I went on assignments, I, I used to be good at taking pictures, but you know, you know, taking portraits is something that I'm still working on because mm -hmm. I feel like there are different challenges and asking them. And sometimes you have to explain, mm -hmm. you know, that what you're doing. I mean, it's, it's a privilege to take for, for, in my perspective, it's a privilege to take portraits because it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's a slice of their story at that time. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I'm still not com uncomfortable doing you know, going out there and, you know, asking people. But when you go on assignments, it's it's work. So you ask them, maybe have them sign consent forms and all those things. But how do you go about, you know, taking pictures when you go on assignments? Okay. Um, so most of, I mean, I only speak uh, Amharic, one of the yeah. local languages. So there's, a, there's definitely a barrier when I travel outside of Addis, my hometown. And um, I think the first thing I 
do is I think I make silly jokes if they understand my jokes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm trying to introduce myself and I, if, um, like I said, if I don't speak the language, I try to pick few words that I can communicate with uh, in Afanoromo, Tigrinya or any other um, region that I travel to. I, I try mm -hmm. to pick the language. Um, and uh, yeah, building trust, I think having those small communications um, somehow makes it easier, mm -hmm. uh, but not always, of course, and um, getting their consent, are they willing to be photographed and give uh, this interview? Um, the okay. same thing, I mean, the clients expect certain stories, but it doesn't come, it doesn't always, I don't always meet their needs um, mm -hmm. due to uh, people's not feeling comfortable or other reasons, you know. So there are times it definitely shifts, it completely shifts the story narrative if I'm bringing a whole story in article. Um, and which is okay. I'm thankful my clients do trust me with my judgment, but mm. there are times I've been in conflict and uh, in conflict with as well. <laughs> so it's not no, always right. Yeah. How do you handle how do you handle those conflicts? Uh, I mean there are some that I would like to, that I want to ask about from from some of your projects. Okay. From the yeah. stuff that I gleaned from you know yeah. social media posts, but before we go into that, okay. how would uh, for example if um, you know a newcomer or a photographer yeah. or or you know even female photographers have added mm -hmm. layers of difficulty from the already difficult position that they find themselves in yeah, trying yeah. to do their work so how would you say how would you tell somebody a newbie mm -hmm. to handle this kind of difficult things uh yeah i try to be as honest as possible with how i feel about certain documentations i mm -hmm. do them because they would pay me or the money is good i mean definitely that's one thing to look forward to but at the same time um we have to put our own values and know um, what works for us and how we see stories, you know? Mm -hmm. So um, I think I'm very stubborn. So there's that. <laughs> okay. That's a good, I, it's a good trait. Yeah. <laughs> Not always, but I'm very stubborn. I debate with clients. I think the privilege of being a freelancer as well, there's no, you are fired, you know? Mm -hmm. So it gives you, it's more of, okay, I'll never work with this client. So, um, it's always good to speak up, basically, and uh, don't put the whole traditional um, dynamics of an employer and employee. In this mm -hmm. case, I always say we both have voice. I do listen to their needs. At the same time, they should also understand how it can be documented. It's not always document is and come back, you know? Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's it's very interesting. Yeah, I'm. Uh, it's also sometimes you know you get pressure from your clients because you, you might kind of need the, the the money. So it's a good way of you know speaking up for yourself and for your work. It's a good way of handling Definitely. that. Definitely. Yeah. All right. All right. Let's talk about your projects. Uh, I, from your website, I saw that. Um, you have like four personal projects. The per I'm talking about the, your personal projects. Mm -hmm. And 
the way I knew about your work is from the some of the photos that you took for the Lejay project, which I, I found that, the, you know, the woman speaking about her process of getting, uh, you know, her, her son was very interesting. Uh, and it came, It I felt like she was speaking it. So I, I understand that the, the challenges that you might have, you as the person who's documenting this, but it, it came out very, uh, well, it came out for somebody that reads it from outside, it came out like she was saying the same thing. So what was that like? And mm -hmm. the next projects and the next project that I know you from, in terms of social media and following your work is the Safrash project. So can you tell me a little bit about those two projects? Okay. Okay. If I get your question correctly, are you asking the process of Lijay project? Is that way? Is the that process? And, yeah. The process of Lijay project and how you got into, okay. you know, how, how you got into, you know, framing it in a way that we can understand the struggles that the, you know, mm -hmm. the mm -hmm. person okay. went through. Yeah, great. Um, so Lijay Project is one of my um, favorite personal projects, also because I'm very much interested in uh, domestic adoption. Okay. Uh, my thesis is actually on domestic adoption. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So, um, you know, Ethiopia having um, thousands and thousands of um, uh, orphaned children and um, the whole international adoption debate. I've always been interested how, even though there are different agendas that have been laid on to be addressed and mm -hmm. the whole infrastructure projects that are always popping up from different political um, groups, I have never came across um, government officials that are very interested or have put a lot of efforts on domestic adoption, especially even after um, the international adoption being banned um, in April, was it last year? Before last year. Yeah, I think so, yeah. And, yeah. So... Um, hasn't it been reinstated, by the way? I, have, I haven't traded anything. I don't think okay. so. But right. I don't All have right. the latest information. Yeah. So that has... I mean... I'm always curious why. I mean, mm -hmm. of course, not every interest that we have, like the personal passion that we have should be addressed or um, given attention by the government. But it's mm -hmm. one of the developmental or the social issues that I think Ethiopia has felt big time okay. uh, when it comes to child protection, especially the orphan children. And so um, it was fascinating to meet uh, Yodit. Um, okay. Why? Hers was very special is because you don't hear it from single women, single Ethiopian women, mm -hmm. and the the reservation or you know the negative connotation of um, single women to have uh, not adopted children. People assume, oh, how is the future husband gonna take it? Would they trust yeah. you that adopted? <laughs> you know, it's it's yeah. the whole. <laughs> um, limiting the woman's choice, um, having to um, adopt her baby, basically. So mm -hmm. I celebrate her bravery in the community that really doesn't show a whole support, even though her family were definitely very supportive. She has shared her struggle and how people um, uh, had reservations, you know. 
um, on top of that, what I wanted to highlight is, of course, encourage people to see these options. Um, we don't really, as you can see, we don't really think that's also another way of having a baby, basically. Yeah, so yeah. the traditional biological uh, uh, baby the quote, that... Quote, natural. Yeah. Way. exactly yeah. natural way of uh, making uh, babies or having babies so that's one I try to challenge because um, even on counseling marriage counselings I've heard that people whoever is giving the counseling by default they're talking about when you give birth to a baby when you give you know it's not even put out there as an option because what if the not just this should never be the only reason that people adopt, but if the couple are not able to give birth naturally, there should be somehow an encouragement that there is an option as well. You know what I mean? Mm. I want to, again, highlight that this should never be the only reason people adopt, you know? Um, we shouldn't always adopt for selfish reasons, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah, so this whole thing was uh, interest, uh, inspiring to me to document. On top of that, I wanted to highlight the issue. Yodita has continuously mentioned how she struggled with the government system on how they failed to process the, the adoption. So yeah. whoever, I, whoever sees these stories, there's also a push on the government calling this needs and attention, basically. So that was the overall process. Um, and uh, I think I have, is there any more question before? No, no. And um, yeah. And how, how did you get to, to I mean, it come, the, the struggles that Yodi goes through mm -hmm. comes through through the stories that you're telling. So mm -hmm. how was that like? Mm, you mean finding out or? No, no. I mean, look, uh, as a photographer, you have um, different people have different ways of doing things. Even when mm -hmm. you tell stories, you know, Definitely. telling her own stories is uh, did you transcribe it word for word or were you oh. immersed in it? And, you know, do you understand? When you. When yeah. You... Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. When you. So basically, what I would. What I wanted to know, for example, the Sifrash's uh, project and Lydia's mm -hmm. project are have different tones mm -hmm. uh, for example it, and this is my personal opinion and i may yeah. be wrong you can correct me on that on the legit project you know the singular um challenges that she went through you can see it through your stories mm -hmm. and when on subfresh there were layers of different stories i feel mm -hmm. Which you can explain when you talk yeah, about the yeah. project, but yeah. uh, and that's it. That was what was fa fascinating to me when you go into this Instagram world where social media, where you know, you you kind of get to see and and hear and scroll to different, you know, a lot of junk data, a lot of mm -hmm. but you know, mm -hmm. and it's very difficult, you know, to, for a story story to grab you. And I, I'm not, you know. Yeah. I'm not saying you're the best or I'm not saying, but you know, that no, you're, know you that's yeah. that story grabbed me. Yeah. So yeah. I was wondering how, how, yeah. how was it for you? Yeah. Um, well, my intention, like I said, I did have a clear intention of why I wanted to tell the story of Yodita and her um, child, Barakat. You know, yeah. I, yeah. it was a well 
thought and well-planned project basically i knew i was going i was doing a personal project so i went there with the right questions especially that because i did my thesis on it i knew a little more on the issue you know because i've mm-hmm. been on the research as well so i think that made it easier to get uh, to get the story out the way i wanted like with the goals of you know challenging the narrative at the same time pushing for attention from whoever is concerned basically mm. um so yeah the process would be i always uh, record my interviews for personal okay. projects so yeah. yeah i go through it when i go back home i go through them um and then uh, transcribe basically okay. uh, yeah and how does it how how are they now do you, do you get in touch with them or yeah yeah where yeah i get in touch with them they're good uh well barkat is doing excellent so i get updates from her okay. uh, haven't been able to continue the documentation but i'll i hopefully will have time to go back to it as well but they both are okay. doing well. yeah no that's great yeah. all right yeah. then let's talk about sufrash yeah she, that project. Uh, <laughs> yeah okay um with sufrash it was an assignment um i was commissioned to document in uh, maxingit gonder mm-hmm. and um so this is the difference here i didn't go there for a personal project i went there okay. to document an assignment um for unicef ethiopia they were um i was um doing on um uh, newborn baby uh development project so they supported the health center where sufrash was giving birth at the moment okay. and following up counseling so we were documenting the overall support that center uh, has received and interviewing people so walking to the delivery room area i saw the i saw sufrash and her family i was very fascinated to see a group of people or community being there to um give sufrash an emotional support which i've never seen when it comes okay. to a city setting like yeah sufrash is pregnant her husband is there her husband's best friend is there her mother is there her mother's friends <laughs> from the neighborhood was there so uh, oh, it was that's nice it was a community oh, nice. yeah. you know what i mean so i was yeah. very uh fascinated to see how they were cracking up jokes to make her feel better she was in pain she had four days of labor so you can imagine the oh frustration and, yeah. yeah and uh, pain so so yeah i think that attracted me towards um the story but she was best fit because we were doing early um newly born uh, baby stories so they were willing the whole family uh, was willing for the documentation there were um yeah there were interviews and everything there uh and then um in the middle of this documentation she was having counseling i was just doing the photographs for the for unicef ethiopia basically but in the okay. middle it, i don't know it just hit me like okay this could actually be a personal project because i'm here she's just giving birth i'm already 
fascinated by the way this this family got together to show support would it would it grow i didn't think further i didn't think a to z you know but okay <laughs> yeah but i knew i wanted to come back and uh, continue to document the story so I just roughly said, hey, will you ever, you know, welcome me if I decide to come visit you? Uh, of course, they didn't trust me, you know, because <laughs> yeah. it was so random. But um, I kept in touch with one of the uh, one of the brothers who is from Gondor with the okay. he had a cell phone. So coming back to Addis, I kept in touch. How are they? If um, he ever visits them, I would call them during that time so I could talk to them. Okay. Um, yeah, so I kept in touch and they invited me for um, the Deloitte's, the baby's uh, baptism, christening. Okay. So, yeah, um, I flew to Gondor and um, went to Maxingit to attend the baptism and... Um, yeah, we had a great time. I once I got there, I found out they wanted me to be the godmother for the baby, which was very <laughs> precious. And, yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. I think one of my beautiful moments in my photography um, times uh, okay. or travel. Yeah. So I guess I became part of the family. Basically, they were willing and uh, I am so grateful for that it has helped us to grow our relationship build trust and be comfortable and now I honestly don't feel like I am documenting like I like a, summer project, a story but... yeah a far out story more I feel like I'm documenting family stories basically yeah you're part that's of the how family I, yes that's how <laughs> That's how it's it's, it's funny. Though. Yeah, it's I mean, they must have really taken to you from my, you know, multiple experience, you know, people, people, mm. especially in the countryside or people in that area mm. are very reluctant for outsiders to come and photograph. You know, I've had like I've had examples of people mm. telling me that they, it, it would steal their soul. So we had to find people to convince them. Mm-hmm. I had mm-hmm. friends who did the same thing. So it's, I mean, it's a good thing. It's, it's. Mm-hmm. All yeah. right. So how do you choose your projects, though? How do you um, choose your personal projects? Projects, yeah. So, um, I think my environment affects me a lot. Say okay. with the domestic adoption, I have been a volunteer in different orphanage centers when I was okay. um, younger. I believe I'm young as well as still, but. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so that has affected me in some ways. Um, coming back to gender-based violence, the same way I'm involved in uh, gender equality movement back uh, back in Addis. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what else? And my current project on uh, Project Nui. Uh, yes, and I'm going to ask you about that. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about it. Yeah, okay. So Project Nui... Just tell me a lot about it, sorry. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Project Nui was inspired uh, by, again, my environment, my surrounding. Um, I have lost a close person, um, died by suicide. And 
friends, uh, families as well. A lot of stories. A lot of stories have affected me. I've been, I've read um, the data a few months back as well from, uh, I don't know who did the report, but it was, okay. yeah, but it was really, really um, interesting to read how it's one of the topics or the social issues that we have completely neglected as a country. Mm -hmm. And uh, we don't talk about emotions are basically undermined, right? I think I would say culturally, I don't know, I haven't done any study, I might be generalizing, but emotion, our feelings, our emotions, our communication are a bit rough or dry and we don't really go deep and um, get into those communications. Yes, there are social um, social settings, social supports like our our um, gatherings, for instance, right? Yeah, yeah. That's social gathering or a coffee ceremony. But I wonder, even though there definitely are social supports, I wonder how many of those people who attend actually open up about their own lives in depth mm -hmm. without feeling yeah. judged or without um, feeling guilty of whatever they're feeling and another layer comes with our religious um, rigidity somehow um, not opening up for um, science basically getting yeah. getting proper therapy or counseling so yeah uh, shortly this is why project Nui um, was birthed basically <laughs> okay what does yeah. Nui mean I mean, I, I've, I've seen the, the meaning. yeah, I've seen the meaning, but just so that yeah. you can tell it to listeners. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so, Nui means uh, us as in US. Um, mm -hmm. It's a fun or remote term. Mm -hmm. um, I, I always want to navigate through the language that we have in Ethiopia for my project title to, uh, to try to give it... Um, a sense of Ethiopia because Amaringa or Amharic is not really the only language. language and, yeah. yeah. And I find Afanoromo to be rich with uh, words. So I picked Nui and the best fit what I was looking for instead of saying Inya. Inya has been Inya, which. Uh, overused. <laughs> yeah, overused, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I wanted a unique uh, hashtag. So yeah, that's how. It got and, uh, how's it how's it going so far it's good how, it's, how are people uh, responding to it? yeah i have been receiving a um, good number of stories it's uh i didn't i mean i didn't think of how it would affect me because you okay. don't just read and uh, just say oh thank you for submitting this project you know you have to also respond on how um, it has affected you if you have to say sorry, if you have to give information or share your own story so they could feel um, they're not alone. So, yeah, it takes <laughs> it takes a lot sometimes. Um, so far, I have written responses to what I receive. Okay. In fact, um, one of the stories affected me so much and um, I responded you know how i felt how um yeah response to whatever story uh, was submitted but then 
when I planned on sharing it, it affected me in a different way again <laughs> when I was okay. editing background. So mm-hmm. I had to rewrite an email of how I felt again. <laughs> so so it has been, yeah, it's been um, an interesting journey so far. It's a very, it's a beginning, but I'm grateful also that people trust me with their stories. Um, actually, that's that's the most precious thing out of this we don't know each other nobody knows who martinoli is beyond the pictures that are shared there and shows how through my work people somehow have um, trust because yes it's anonymous but it's anonymous for the audience they're sending it to me and i know whose stories these are you know yeah so yeah so i'm grateful um for their trust okay and how yeah. I mean, so is it affecting you? Is it is it working in the ways that you wanted uh, for uh, for your yeah. personal project or? Yeah, I mean there are good responses. People um, would send a direct message saying I relate to this. I will write. I'll write as well. So people are encouraged to tell their own stories. People feel like they're not alone, um, mm-hmm. even though I'm just sharing few stories um yeah i think so i believe all right do you have like a specific timeline for it or do you plan to just uh, keep it on a rolling phase yeah yeah it's an ongoing project uh my target is 50 stories currently um yeah i have i think 15 or something so far um and so I want to, I want to, I wanted to go through uh, my, I have friends who are uh, psychiatrists and counselors. I wanted to, I want to, I want them to filter some of the stories that have different um, levels or categories of mental illness um, so that we could filter and compile it as an ebook for free um, download mm-hmm. for people to um, to share it with, um, I don't know, whoever is interested to learn more and to include um, my friend's um, message for the stories and also um, kind of ways of coping mental illness, even though it's completely different for different people. But the basics of, you know, speaking up, getting counseling if possible, and uh, hoping to set free um, counseling services over email, and we're working on that currently. Okay, all right. Yeah. So you're making a well. You're trying to make a lot of um, changes. It's good. Trying my best. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, that's that's all you could do. Yeah. And, yeah. All right. Yeah. And so, how is your workflow in terms of taking pictures and then editing and then? Putting it, I think you're you're also putting it on your website and maybe selling some prints. So mm-hmm. what's the workflow like? Do for example, there are some photographers that I've read that you know take, and this is I think for film more 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 or less mm-hmm. they take pictures and then they don't they don't look at it unless it's mm-hmm. an assignment kind of project. Mm-hmm. Uh, and some some of them you know edit on the on the go. What's your process like? Oh, um, yeah, on field, if it's urgent and uh, the clients are looking um, to get the pictures while I'm on the field, I 
I um, do the photo, I do the assignment during the day and edit them overnight to send it the next day or probably the same day. Because with technology, we can easily transfer the camera photos to our phones with an mm -hmm. application. So it's yep. easier if they're not so looking what, what for What gear do you have? So, sorry. sorry. Uh, Canon. No okay. problem. I use Canon. Um, so if they're not using them for bigger publications or they don't want them with big resolution, we I just do simple editing with uh, from camera to phone. And then I have Lightroom on my phone. I just edit basics and then send it to them. Okay. Um, yeah, but other than that, uh, it takes a lot. Uh, it's a lot of work to edit, uh, especially for me because I have to put um, captions for every picture. Okay. So my photos for clients, um, I usually put, uh, I usually take hours and hours putting those uh, <laughs> captions because they're different stories too. You meet different you have education project, water project together. So you have to write every caption. And um, my Lightroom didn't have, um, or Lightroom doesn't have typo correction. Like it doesn't correct oh, your yeah, yeah. typing. So when you write that, <laughs> I have to copy you it from Word. To, yeah. yeah. So yeah. all these things. It takes time, but uh, I enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Uh, I mean, it must be interesting because, you know, normally when you go on, uh, unless you're a journalist or anything, sometimes things happen on the fly. So yeah. it's interesting that you, you caption you. So do you, do you take pictures and then ask the people their stories or do you ask their stories and then take the picture? How do you go about, you know, candid I, versus? Mm, mm. Well, I don't, yeah, so my, my, when I am on assignment, when I, I have the people that I will be interviewing, usually the interview comes first. Yeah. I do the interview, get to know them because it will give me um, a setting of where I want this photograph to happen. Say if okay. the person in the interview says, I spend a lot of time on my field or the farm or um, just an example, I would... And if we are sitting in the house, I would say once the interview is done, okay, can we do the photograph on the field? Because the story setting would make more sense if it's here, if it's there. If that okay. person says, I love my school, I spend my time at school, my friends are... Like if the story gives me some kind of location, I would pick those locations based on the interview. Okay, that's a yeah. good tip. That's a good tip mm -hmm. to have. <laughs> yeah. All right. And uh, any projects apart from Nui that you're planning on doing in the next year, if everything can be planned? In these uh, times? I mean, the uncertainty of it all. I don't know if I, <laughs> if I can plan when or where. But uh, mm -hmm. yeah, I'm interested in um, women participation and the women political participation. So that would, I think, be my next project, especially um, the older generation. Okay. Don't know when and, and how, but yeah, uh, that's fine. Okay. That, that, that would be an interesting story to tell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and do you have, do you plan to like, you know, have books of your like published books of your projects or anything? Or yes. is that, yeah, is that, that, is that, 
Definitely, definitely. I I plan to have been planning it for a while. I don't know when, but definitely that's uh, one thing that I would like to do. Um, yeah. Okay. Do you have the photographers that you're inspired with, or do you just go with the you know, with the look and feel that you've built over the years? You mean the people that have inspired me when I started? Yeah, or, yeah. or, mm. or even now, actually. Yeah. It's an interesting uh, question to have. Who ins- yeah. inspired you when you started and why? And how about yeah. that? Did that change? Yeah, definitely. Uh, well, Humans of New York has been my inspiration. I don't know if you know the Facebook yeah, page. Yeah, I do. Instagram, Twitter, yeah. Yeah, it's, my uh, wife keeps in, uh, you know, pointing it. Exactly. She also likes the one, the, there's one from... Mumbai, I think. Yeah, Humans they have Mumbai. Yeah, growing. Yeah. yeah, so I loved um, the story. I, I was. I'm always interested how he tells the stories. Brandon, um, the yeah. photographer. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's been now. I mean, how many years? So the stories kind of has become in a box in a, in some way i feel yeah. like i maybe he has become maybe he has um i don't know if this is judging but the stories have shifted into some box like i could i could kind of start the story and know where that story is going or something i don't know how to put it but maybe the the his questions i'm in his uh patreon so i see the re- the redundant stories like he shares articles on um for the followers yeah so yep. there is so much redundancy i don't know uh, but yeah he's been my inspiration i really appreciate how he does different regarding diversity you see all kinds of people in his profile so i appreciate yep. that and the simple stories that he shares um regard in regards to photography i think um he does the basics uh portraits so nothing complicated um okay. for others i mean back home i'm i'm in addis i'm uh, a huge fan of my two friends gennae and uh, helena who do their work ethically and put a lot of effort in wanting to tell um balance it stories i appreciate mm-hmm. that and there are many from other african countries as well but yes okay. instagram is where my inspiration i call it my online office because <laughs> i spend <laughs> okay. a lot of time um looking at other people's projects yeah all right so what would you tell your younger photographer yourself and what would you tell somebody in the future your older one if you had to say give them a message based on your perspective right now yeah um have a meaning when you document um do you uh, be you people have so much to say on the projects you pick but uh, yes. be inclusive i think um those are the things i want to uh, remember and be reminded of okay yeah oh okay uh, yeah. so and Okay, there are two questions on my head. Uh, <laughs> okay. I'm, fin- I'm <laughs> sorry. I'm, uh, no I'm like that. Um, no, so the, the first question is, how 
on the for example on the Safrash projects there are some issues that you had with the copying and stuff and I, I know from personal experience uh, you know sometimes when you work when I used to work back home and you know these things happen and people you know look for shortcuts how do you deal how do you deal with that uh, <laughs> I mean <laughs> um it's hard uh, once your work is out there you don't have control of it yeah i think that's that's something we need to uh we need to meditate on honestly and try to tell followers or whoever is seeing your work that they should uh be careful mm-hmm. but honestly there's no control there will there will be someone sharing your work for their own interest and um yeah there's no control it's either you don't exist on social media or you exist yeah. and um continue to challenge individuals not to share your work for okay. their own interest yeah okay and mm. uh, <coughs> sorry uh i'm okay i'm sorry. you okay <laughs> yeah, no, uh, no no i'm just i i because you know it's, it's becoming difficult if people sneeze or like you're coughing yeah, yeah, yeah. you're like looking <laughs> look like <laughs> disease carrying person so i'm just all right and um, if you have any I, i'm yeah i'm also you know i follow the some of the people that you mentioned helena and uh, ganae's work on 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 their instagram profiles but mm-hmm. you know for new photographers if you had to give advice now uh, knowing what you do and seeing what you've seen what would you say to them and because you know all the years that i've been on instagram in the last 3 to 4 years 5 years is where ethiopian photographers are you know coming to the fore uh, like mm-hmm. you know uh, doing work that you know people are recognizing outside mm-hmm. of ethiopia and mm-hmm. so if somebody looked at that and there are a lot of young photographers who are doing amazing work So mm-hmm. if 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 there's somebody who wants to get into the um you know the 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 process of photography yeah. what would you say to them and also how how is it like you know living your life as a photographer uh, which mm-hmm. because it's very different than you know if you have different skills you can you know get by with them and then you also do your photography Mhm true um well I think existing is the first thing calling yourself it's I think the most difficult part was for me to say I am a photographer because mm-hmm. I didn't go to school for it and titles are usually uh connected to school right yeah, uh, yeah. so it was hard for me I remember even having one official first interview um uh with Media House I still was not feeling comfortable to say i am a photographer you know okay um yeah. so i think it's important once you start taking photos you are a photographer try to build your interest around it and claim it you know because yeah like i said there is no um school or resources or certificates to get um okay. especially coming from ethiopia note that it matters anyway Um but yeah come to social media um use it wisely I um got my first client my first ever client from my Instagram inbox oh, okay. so we usually take Instagram for granted I always say that um 
we need to, yes, it's a social media platform and it may not sound like it's a, it, it's not LinkedIn or whatever, but as yeah. photographers or creative um, people, that's our LinkedIn, I feel like personally, that's where you, they see your work, that's where they see your skill and um, yeah, continue sharing your work online and um yeah exist and be brave to share your work and reach out to other photographers don't be scared to engage or ask for help i do okay. that too. um okay. i ask help for other photographers i just write inbox and say hey how do you feel about this that's how we can all grow so yeah, yeah that's true yeah okay all right any last messages that you have Oh, yeah, take I care. I can let you go to your breakfast. Wash your hands and stay <laughs> <laughs> stay safe. Right, yeah. Right. Thank you All so right. much uh, for having me. Oh, yeah. thank you for for saying yes and having this uh, candid conversation with me. Definitely. And I'll link I think you you I link your uh, social media and uh, website yeah. and on the description, but thank you for Thank for, you so uh, much. This conversation. All right. Thank you, Miki. I appreciate it.